Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Texas Podcast Massacre. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Join me are my horror experts, one of some of my greatest friends via Zoom. We have Dirty Dirty Derek. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. I'm, I, am, awesome. I am happy it's uh, the weekend. I'm happy to be doing this. You know, it's a good uh, taking, taking your mind off of things. It's been a busy week, uh, so I'm pretty excited to, to be here uh, just trying to be the dirtiest D that I can be. Uh, and, <laughs> so, uh, very happy about Agreed. that. Agreed. Agreed. And of course, you know, it would be incomplete without the Jimothy of James of Dean. How are you doing today, sir? Sup, sup, sup. I'm doing good, man. Ready for my fucking weekend, I'll tell you that. Oh, 100%. 100%. I feel you. But yeah, no, we made it, you know, for for good old Independence Day. We're going to talk about some freedom. America. Uh, You know, America. You know, honestly, we probably should have done like like an American-themed horror thing. Like a presidential... There are some presidential really really horror movies. Well, I mean President's Day, like uh, well, and, I guess like the, the Purge, like the Purge, the Purge. yeah, was, the Purge yeah exactly. Very, very honorary. Um, but you That's know what? I like, <laughs> we're we're talking about body horror today, and I like to yeah. think that like by the time the Fourth of July is over, there's a lot of body horror going on because you either you've eaten and drank way too much. And or you've like blown off a limb with fireworks, so I feel like that's... and got super burned from the sun at the beach, and super that's burned right. from sun at yeah. the beach, or you know, or if you're dumb enough to to go to a party without a mask, you probably caught the rope. Uh, you caught the rope, uh, or you just a... you just have a vagina in your armpit. Yes, that that happens, right? That's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing I saw all, in a movie once. All the time, vagina oh, armpits are. Are you talking about epidemic. making like like the vagina out of your armpit? No, no, about? it's a reference to one of the. It's it's a reference to a body horror movie. Anyway. Oh, okay. I'm sure we'll. I'm but, sure we'll talk. But, I'm sure we'll talk. Yeah, about we'll it, definitely. But... Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into that too. But first, I wanted to keep it, you know, pretty on the books here. I, I know, I you know, I I know, like well, on Going Commando, we kind of just swayed away from it. But I did want to ask you, which I've been been which I've been watching this past week. Oh, I've watched a ton of stuff. I want to talk about. Wait, so. wait. Other than One Piece. I actually haven't even. I, literally since the, our last <laughs> recording, I haven't watched it. I've good. I've, good. I've watched There's actually no point. any anime. There's no I've point. Been, There's no point to watching One Piece. I'm telling you. There's just so much TV, honestly, right now that like I it's yeah. But but yeah, let's uh let's get into yeah. it. Uh, Derek, right, do you want to start us off or? Uh yeah, sure. I I will uh, I will jump into it. Um, so I have been watching a lot of Shudder. Um. This week, I've been really, I've been really uh, digging a lot of their originals. Uh, this week, so I had I watched uh, Yummy, which was on there, which is a I guess you could call it like a Norwegian, like a Dutch, like a Dutch zombie movie. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, seen it, Timothy James, but uh, I, I, I started watching it the other night. Um, did not finish it, but yeah, I got, I got about fifteen minutes in. Yeah, it was kind of, it, it, you know, it's kind of like a zombie comedy horror but i thought you know i thought the effects were really good i didn't really i don't know i guess i i I like the ending but i was like uh, that kind of bummed me out um i watched that i watched the room uh and if anybody doesn't know what that's about it's it's about a couple who buys an old house and there's a room in there and the room will give you whatever you want like you can just wish for it and it'll happen um but it's, you know, spoiler, it's, it's got a weird element too, where you can't take anything for out of the house or like dissipate. So you like get a million dollars, can't 
leave with it. It doesn't do you like any, any good. It's got a, it's got a weird dynamic to it. So um, I won't give away more. They just need to that. stop naming the movies, the room. Cause that's I know. three at this point. So, I know. That is true. Technic- that is, that is true. I mean, nothing, I mean, nothing more than the original, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's scary enough. Um, but what really got me into uh, talking about like body horror today was I watched a movie that I, I tried to, these all were new that I watched, but um, this one had been out for a while. It's called Patchwork. Um, and I don't know if you've ever, you ever seen it, James, but it, it's about uh, basically like three women who were, are abducted and they are stitched together into one woman. And, uh, but they're all like three, like mentally in the mind. Uh, so they're, they're like all parts that have to work together to kind of move their body parts. And they, it's kind of like a revenge horror. They have to kind of seek vengeance um, against the person that did it to them. And it's kind of some plot twists. And it's, uh, one of the guys, Dominic Lee Hall, who's been in, in a lot of these, he was in Ex Machiata. Uh, he's been in a couple of different other movies. Uh, I, I like him. He's a good actor. Uh, he was in a kind of played this kind of a uh, dorky uh, surgeon that one of the girls knew from high school. So they kind of uh, uh, enlisted his help to try to figure out what's going on. And all three personalities are very different. But uh, it's got some. It's got some pretty cool. Like they, you know, they can't really feel any pain. So uh, it's kind of a very cool revenge story. I was like, wow, that's kind of kind of a cool body horror. Kind of made me think about it. Like. Um, at the end of the day. And I saw um, a couple previews for movies that are coming out that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, there's one called Aqua Slash, uh, which is a uh, water park uh, horror movie that takes place on like, a graduation night. So it's a crowd of across between like prom night, but like a water park. It's kind of cool. They, they, this is like one scene in the preview where they, uh, it kind of looks like they put like two samurai swords within the water tunnel. So like people are sliding down, just like sliding through and like body parts are just kind of flowing through. And I'm like, it's kind of cool, actually. Like, all right, you would never know if that happened. Um, you hear water park horror stories. And then there's one called the the Game of Death, not to be confused with the Bruce Lee uh, movie. And it's kind of like a cross between, uh, it's like a Jumanji, but like a horror movie Jumanji, where like these people, have, they play this game and they have to, the kids have to kill 24 people in order to get the game to stop. Um, but they're all like tagged with something that like if they don't do it, it I know the whole premise because the preview is a little bit odd uh, but I think that's that's what I read about it was kind of the the general general kind of premise of it so that's kind of cool um, interesting then I heard a very interesting story that uh, uh interview with Jason Blum, Blumhouse uh, who who's actually said that he uh, is interested in possibly really pushing uh, happy death day three because originally oh, okay. they said they weren't going to do it as a trilogy, uh, but then he came back around and said, "You know what? I think we we may actually I'm going to work hard to try to try to get the trilogy completed." So that's so weird. Like, right. I, I I like I legitimately just saw on the TV guide that Happy Death Day to You uh, was on right now. So that's crazy yeah. that you said that. Crazy, uh, yeah. And and then uh, of course, like in the, we've been talking a lot about the Scream uh, Part Five, kind of rebootish. Um, that has David Arquette in it, and uh, that's actually been slated to be released in 2021, um, which is awesome. So the Spyglass is going to be releasing that uh, pretty quickly and starting in production, which means we'll hopefully we'll get a cast rundown and an idea of kind of what the premise is. So I'm kind of excited to see what they do with that. Um, very interesting if David Arquette is the only person in there. Um, so I'm curious to see if like they kill off other people or I don't know. 
they can go in a lot of different ways with it. And I also heard today too they're doing a they're doing a third it movie. Um, Are they that, really? Yeah, but I guess Stephen King is involved, and I guess he he's actually going to be the one to do the announcement of what it actually like is. So I'm intrigued. Uh, I don't. I mean, think if he writes 20... a new book about it in the same mythology, that's fine. But so, otherwise, yeah. Weird. So that was the other thing. Yeah, like that was the other kind of conversation that was on this uh, uh, C3, which is another channel. Actually, the guy uh, Chris is actually in Austin, so I, I kind of watch his channel. He's, he's kind of got some good movie news, um, and. He was just talking about, yeah, that could be potentially, it could be a Dr. Sleep type thing where they do the book and then do the movie. I'm hedging my bets. It's going to be a sequel, uh, like a prequel to the movie. But I actually did a timeline and that the original is supposed to take place in 1989. And 23 years later, um, right? It's every 23 years. That was every comes, 30 years, wasn't it? Was it every 30 years? Or maybe. I think you're right. Uh, damn it. Eric, every three years. 23 years that 23 or 27 years that's the hit 27 yeah 27 let me see we should know this we should i'm checking right now and actually while you're saying that um every 23 years is jeepers creepers but every 27 years that's right but but on top of that too i actually have it too playing on the background which is the second thing you mentioned like it's playing right now i'm looking at it right yeah got my spidey senses going on but i I was i was thinking like by the time it's every yeah yeah, it's 27 years but yeah go ahead well it's like i you know if it takes place in 89 that takes the last the part two before 2020 which means, like, I mean, theoretically, like, by the time it rolls out, like, they could do something in the future. They could do the next 27 years. Who knows? But I, f- I feel they'll do the prequel because they, they really teed it up in the, the previous installments with Andy Machete. And, uh, yeah. But Bill, Bill Sarsgaard has said he would love to reprise the role, and um, I, w- I would be interested. I just, what I really hope they do is don't go too, like, into detail because I, I think like that's how they a lot of times franchises get killed is they explain way too much of yeah. the mythology behind it and then it loses all like its mystery yeah yeah i mean that's that's one thing I, I didn't like about we talked about with like the rob zombie like horror movie like the halloween remake is like they humanize michael myers and like give backstory you made feel bad for him and it's this whole thing and i'm like you know you didn't need to do that you probably could have just left him as a weird kid because in the original you just don't know like he's just this yeah. kid and um, and that, I think that makes it far creepier. I mean, that was just one Absolutely. of many things wrong with Rob Zombies. But I did also watch Doctor Sleep the other day. Uh, it's on HBO Max, and I I only seen it once before, so I did watch it again. And, you know, I really liked it a second time around. I'm actually kind of interested to see the uh, the three hour like Mike Flanagan. Uh, I was going to ask you if you saw it. the three hour one, yeah. But no, you, I, you, you, yeah. I, I want to see the three hour one really bad, actually. Yeah, I would love to see the extra like uh, the extra you know, uh, scenes that are in there. I, I heard it was like more context. Well, I didn't actually realize the other side note before I, I'll let you get to your thing. Um, I didn't realize that the, actually the original Shining, the book originally had a, a, a pre, like kind of a preface, like a story before and then a follow-up afterwards um, as well that Stephen King originally written. I guess he, it was released like later on, but I guess the original kind of like preface i guess you'd say um was all about the stuff that happened in the hotel prior to the uh dating jack Torrance, Tor- jack Torrance yeah. getting in there and then the afterwards was just like a bunch of newspaper clippings and 
stuff about what happened. But I, I thought that was kind of cool, and I, would, I was going to look it up and read it because I was kind of interested to see the backstory of the hotel. So oh, some, some interesting stuff. So, yeah, I've been, you know, kind of checking things out here and there. But, I, you know, what I watched this week is pretty good. Good, yeah, you, yeah buddy? good. Well, so most recently, um, uh, just got excited because of uh, Netflix released the new season, the new iteration of uh, Unsolved Mysteries. You started um, watching that tonight. I'm on episode four. Yeah, I watched them all. Uh, <laughs> all yesterday. Um, you know, most of them are more like there's, you know, spoiler alert, I guess. But you know, the first one, uh, the first story is about um, aliens. And then the rest are sort of more just true crime, which is fine because I love true crime, but it didn't have that same um, Robert Stack. Like, yeah, like the yeah, where it was more more variety, like um, but still interesting and it's completely different format. They kept the theme song because they're not retard, uh, they're not stupid. Um, uh, <laughs> good, good, like <laughs> good save. save. Good save. Good save. Uh, uh, but there's no host in this one. You know, the format's basically much more like, um, like how to catch or uh, uh you know like more of a modern day documentary where there's no narration it's more just letting the editing and the interviews tell the story but it, I, I liked it um i've read some people online uh didn't like it but i i, I thought it was fun yeah um, i think i think what's really hard about that though though like the first few stories that i watched were ones that i'd seen in another like ID channel yeah. um, documentary. So I was like, oh, like I've seen it. I mean, it was great. I mean, I really love Unsolved Mysteries and have really enjoyed binge watching them um, on other platforms as well. Like Tubi has them and Amazon yep. had them. Um, I really, I just Robert Stack is just, was just amazing in that show. But I just loved that it was that creepy element to it. And it wasn't just all like missing people. So I, I really hope that if they do other seasons, it, it has stuff other than, like missing people or homicide. Not that that's not important, but no, exactly. Um, but the one thing is that you know, in this day and age, um, there's so much competition now because when Unsolved Mysteries came out, you know, a lot of the stuff wasn't common knowledge, and there wasn't competitive. You know, there wasn't a whole network of true crime like there is now with Investigation Discovery and, and different platforms like Dateline and stuff. Um, so, like the competition to find original material is much harder, um, as well as with the internet having so many shows and then like ghost hunters and all that stuff so i i can imagine that show's probably infinitely harder to produce um you know to, to stay with being fresh and telling new like stories that you know an audience that hasn't heard so but like i said i i enjoyed it you know i definitely would love to see it take on different like different types of stories uh, i'm i'm actually not even like ghost stories and stuff um aren't necessarily even like my favorite you know sort of things because you know i love them in fictionalized settings but whenever i hear people's ghost stories i have to like roll my eyes a little bit i will say though that the alien abduction one that i think i think it's the episode one um was really well done and it was probably the most sympathetic i've ever been to people who sort of have claimed to yeah. have had that experience they seem so, very genuine and um honest about it and it's in, it's in the berkshires I spent a lot of time there when i was a kid my family had, had friends there so I was like, oh, I know those places, but um, but yeah, it was it was very cool. You know what a show I always loved growing up was uh the TV show Sightings. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a yeah. you know, uh, me and Adam Danger, who fans of this, uh, Tanks podcast should know at this point. Uh, we've talked about Sightings and um, that whole era of TV. Um, 
one of my favorite things of that same era was the commercials for Time Life's. Uh, oh God, I'm blanking out what it was called. Was it uh, the Unexpected? But there was Time Life had these whole. I don't know why I'm blanking. I, was, I, I even have the the commercials in my head, but they had different books on like the occult and yeah, aliens and what? Do you know what they were called? Uh, yeah, it was like the Time Life like unexplained series or unexplained like, or the unex yeah something like yeah, that. But anyway, unexplainable. Yeah. But I'm glad it's back. And like I said, this, this uh, as soon as I I mean yeah I mean I miss Robert Stack in a trench coat walking around the fog, but um. The, just the theme song alone puts me in a happy place, but um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, uh, oh, it was uh, uh, it was it was mystic. It was uh, yeah, it was time life uh, books. Uh, it had different topic like mystic places and yeah. whatnot. But I think it was I think it was the uh, unexplained. The unexplained. I'm gonna look this up because it's it's. It's something like that, but I feel like maybe it was even a longer. Oh, longer... mysteries! Mysteries of the unknown. Mysteries yeah, of the mi- unknown. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah, it's a thirty-two volume set from uh, Time I can actually buy it yeah. on Amazon. Shameless plug. Yeah, a local store actually had a bunch of the copies, and I was going to get it, but uh, I went back and they had sold them. Um, so yeah, I watched bucks. that. Um, I watched. Uh, it's not horror. Well, I watched two movies that I keep thinking are the same actor, and they're not because one is. Daniel Radcliffe and the other is uh, Elijah Wood. <laughs> but so first off, I watched yeah. the Guns of Kimbo. Not exactly horror, but I feel oh. like it was genre enough to bring it up. Um, it's like sort of like Edge Lord the movie, um, but and so much of it is so eye roll inducing. But um, but I still enjoyed parts of it. I thought I think like the writer director has like it to me. It seems like a movie that should have come out in the mid to late nineties. Um, very ed- trying to be very edgy and funny, but um, but again, there was something about it I still found kind of enjoyable. I like Samara Weaving. I know, d- d- Derek, you're a fan. Yes, uh, yes. I, I was gonna say, is it, is it weird that even as trashy as she looked, I was like, Samara Weaving, you're my lady. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I, I mean, you know, her whole, I mean, her character specifically, the whole like, I don't know, the, it, it was so so try hard, but um, but because they casted actors who I liked and because I don't know, there was something about it. I actually did enjoy, but um, I also watched come to daddy though. And that movie actually kind of took me by surprise a little bit. I watched um, it too. Very weird, weirder than I even thought that the trailer made it seem. And it's funnier than the trailer actually made it seem too. Um, I mean, all the cast is really great. Um, you know, the it's really it takes really weird, unexpected term turns. Yeah, um, like yeah, when he opens that hatch, like that. Yeah, like that goes in a totally different direction than I thought I was going to go in. So, um, yeah, and the guy who played his Same. His, his dad. Yeah, interesting was, movie. Um, I don't, I don't know, quote unquote dad. Yeah, quote unquote dad, faux dad. Faux um, dad. He's so fucking weird. I know, great. I mean, he's always been great. He's a great yeah. actor, but he was specifically great in that. The whole sequence when they're at the table talking about knowing Elton John was <laughs> both funny and also really tense. It was a really weird. The thing I'll take away from that movie is that the the, the director, writer, director. I don't know if it's one guy or if it like multiple. I, for some reason, I'm thinking it's the same as like a uh, writer and director, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, I have access to the internet. I could look it up, but fuck it. Um, but uh, they achieved a really unique, like, tone to the movie, which is very 
uncommon and very hard to pull off, which is both kind of very tense and also very goofy and humorous um, without losing itself in, in, you know, one way or the other. But uh, I said, I don't know if it's a good movie, but it's definitely was, it was definitely more interesting than I, I had given it credit for. And, and I think when I first started watching it, I think the, uh, I think it was on Amazon uh, or maybe it was on Shudder. I don't even remember where I saw it, but like the rating was like two out of five stars. Like, you know, and I was like, which I never go by anyways, because most people are stupid. <laughs> um, but, but, but I was like, Oh, that's, this is uh, going to be interesting. But I, I thought it was actually a well-made movie. I think Elijah Wood was actually perfect in that role of this sort of kind of you know the his whole kind of hipster but like insecure but trying to be i don't know it was just he was perfect for the for the role and his goofy weird haircut and yeah he's done a really he's done a really great job like in the the horror genre like absolutely um, and he's a real fan so yeah which is awesome i I forget there was a movie that i didn't even realize that he like helped produce or like bring to and I'm not going to remember wh- what it was, but um, yeah. I, well, he has a whole production company now. Him and his Pim is producing partner. They yeah. did like the pian the, the pianist, not not the other pianist. What was it called? The, the 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 cellist, the something. Anyways, he it's like this like he plays like a concert pianist, and it's like a almost like a Hitchcock type movie. He oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Anyways, he anyways you know Elijah Wood, you keep doing what you're doing. I've always liked you. You're a good kid. Um. Good kid, and you're like 30, kid, 30, 37. Um, I will say though, I saw him in person at San Diego Comic Con like a decade ago, just walking by himself up the street, and he's the littlest, smallest little man child I'd ever seen. But what a nice guy! Every person that stopped him on the street, he'd stop, shake their hand, talk to him, take pictures. And this wasn't, you know, it was it was only a maybe eight or nine years after Lord of the Rings, so it was still very, he was still very like, oh shit, it's. Uh, uh, Frodo. So, um, uh, good, good on him. Seems like oh. a seems like a good dude. Yeah, um, he his company produced. He was a producer on Greasy Strangler, uh-huh. Mandy, Mandy, and the Color of Space. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He did Color of Space too. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's so Mandy Color. Those are three really interesting, really original, and very cool movies. So again, I give I give give him mad props. So. Even though I haven't seen Color of Space yet, I know I'm going to love it, and I'm just waiting for the right time to actually sit down and watch it. So I watched that. Um, I watched an 80s movie that I have not seen probably in 30 years uh, called Dungeon Master, a.k.a. All Out Rage or something. I forget. It's got a really bizarre second title, but known most popularly as Dungeon Master. Um, Martin Mull, my one of my heroes, Martin Mull, plays uh, the the evil wizard in it it's an 80s movie basically about this computer programmer and his fian the girl the girl he's trying to propose to his girlfriend uh who he's like a handsome computer genius who has created this uh uh computer program called excalibra 8 excalibrate and it's like the first ai and the wizard this weird wizard pulls him, evil wizard pulls him into this like fantasy realm. Um, it's a weird fucking movie, man. And it features an entire scene with the band Wasp, who is also a favorite of mine. Uh, you know, uh, writers of such classics as uh, Wild Child and uh, uh, 
f you like a, a animal uh um but no. but yeah so it has this whole extended with music sequence with wasp and like he go the guy goes in he's got this weird like fucking very 80s version of uh, like a fantasy costume the wizard keeps popping him into different like scenarios and realities and one he's like in this this heavy male concert, which is obviously this very small club in uh, Hollywood, but there's all these like evil headbanger girls who are like intimidating him. It's so goofy, but I love it. Um, it's just it's not really, it's not like based on a video game, right? Because there's a video game called Dungeon Master. I used to love when I was a kid. Like I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I mean, to me, every time I hear Dungeon Master, I think of Dungeons and Dragons. But um, like I said, it's the second title is like some like all out rage or rage something rage. Um, I forget what it's called, but again, I have access to the internet, so um, I can look it up. Um, Interesting. Uh, that movie sounds like the, the Rage War, the Rage the War. challenge of Excalibrate, and also known as Digital Knights, but its other note name is Rage War. Um, great, great poster art, by the way. Um, but yeah, Martin Mole, also known as uh, Bull from Night Court, who's been in every amazing. Uh, 80s uh, low budget film ever. Uh, anyways, he he's great in it. He's so over the top. Why does um, Richard, Richard Mall look like uh, the guy from Ghostbusters 2 Vigo? Vigo, <laughs> exactly. In the poster, right? You mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was his, he's, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. It's it's a fun movie. Um, I had like I said, I hadn't watched it since it was since I literally probably uh, in the 80s. Um, I do remember um, there's a sequence. It's one of the first sequences where basically he goes like the wizard has like these wax statues of like these historical figures, including like, like Dracula and stuff. And they kind of come to life. And it reminded me of other movies at the time, like um, wax works in these different movies. So I, I remember even that as a kid, <laughs> interesting movie. Um, last thing I know we, we've already been doing this for almost half an hour. Um, okay. The last, the last thing I want to talk about, because I feel like it needs more attention is start watching the new twilight zone uh, as of season one. Okay. And I fucking love it the first four episodes are amazing in fact episode four is very uh timely um i mean it's always unfortunately it says a lot about american society that it's probably always going to be relevant um but it's very relevant right now as far as to um you know uh racial tensions in the united states and and the um the black lives matter movement and stuff it's very very timely um but it's also just a really great episode just as just as an episode of television it's great i like i said every, each of the first four episodes is com is solid um and really unique and actually feels like um twilight zone they actually have a lot of um i know they in the next season they're gonna do a literal sequel to uh how to serve man uh one of my favorite um twice on the episodes in fact it's got to we got comment here right here but um uh but it's um it's i know they're doing it and it's gonna have, they've already you can see online it, it literally looks like an it's black and white looks exactly like the original episode except it's a new in fact they got um uh i'm forgetting the actor's name um but he was uh he played jaws in the in great guy too really nice guy but uh richard something he or god damn it you me and names but anyways um they got an actor who looks very much like the original uh uh very actor. Cool. But anyways where, what platform are you like where are you watching it on so i broke down and finally even though i most of cbs's content like as far as their television content i cannot stand the big bang theories the 
CSIs and all that shit. You got into Blue Bloods? Not into the Blue Bloods. <laughs> not, with, not with Donnie Wahlberg. You get some Wahlbergers. <laughs> but I will say, I, huge, huge, huge Trekkie um, and uh, Picard, Trekker. Right? No, I actually like Trekkie better. I hate that whole Trekker nonsense. But, um, but yeah. So, yeah, and then I, you know, I, I, Check it out. Yeah, they, they interrupt you. I, I bought like 31 of these. Like the whole, the whole like special edition for Star Trek on VHS. Hell yeah! Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so I actually started watching Picard. I actually started watching it yesterday. Four episodes in, I'm loving it. It's fucking amazing. Um, it's Picard's, great, my, I mean, Picard's my favorite captain. So yeah, I mean, I still, I love Picard, and if yeah, he's he's a better, definitely a better human being. But Captain Kirk is just Captain Kirk, man. Well, he, he, Kirk. Captain, no, I mean, Captain Kirk's, he's, he's priceless. He just goes to, in space to get space booty. Yeah, I would you know? know. Yeah. I mean, he's so, he's so cavalier and he has so much bravado where, but I mean, they're both great. I, I literally, yeah. and I mean, Jane, they're all, almost every single captain in every single uh, Star Trek show, series is actually a good captain. Like, they're yeah. very three Janeway's good, yeah. I say Janeway's great. I love Janeway. Um, yeah. But anyways, so uh, that's I, I I broke down. I got the CBS uh, trial. Sorry with the free trial, but I'm going to keep it. Um, I'm powering my way through. The my biggest excitement, especially the Star Trek of it, is they have the Star Trek animated series, which I've never finished. I'm going to finish watching them all. But God, what a what a completely under loved, underappreciated, underexposed corner of the Star Trek universe. It's so great. It's like a continuation of the, of the original series, um, just animated, but the stories are very similar. I love the art style. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. But yeah. uh, my, my friend and I, when we were growing up, we used to make, uh, we used to make Star Trek, like home movies, we had the action figures and we try to like do special effects and like do like awesome. the holodeck and stuff. But, yeah. It was totally nerdy, but, um, it was great. Yeah. And I had a, I had a great for the longest time and I, I lost it. I'm sad. I had a very great John McPicard, uh, action figure, which is great. Um, but those the the Playmates one that came out in the nineties, which I'm assuming is probably the one that you owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best action figure lines ever. Um, yeah, very playable, too. very fun. Um, I didn't actually have any. My best friend in junior high, Jason Sanders. Uh, I don't know if you're out there, Jason. I don't know what you're up to, but uh, he was he's the one that actually got me started watching Next Generation because I had only ever seen the original series on on reruns, and he was already deep into it. And first, I was like dragging my feet to it, but then like. I'm not exaggerating. What really got me into watching the show was the action figures. Um, so I was like, damn, these are pretty cool. Like the up the new, uh, new versions of the, like the Klingons. And I was like, man, this is pretty rad. I, I think I'm going to get into this. So anyways, uh, now that we've completely exposed ourselves for the uh, obnoxious <laughs> that we are. It's like Let's talk about yourself. Speak for yourself, good sir. Body whore. Body whore. Yes. Says says the guy with like thirty plus VHS tapes on his desk right now. Nothing but Star Trek. So, so <laughs> take, to, to uh, and I'll let i let um James give kind of give his uh his rundown. Of, um, yeah. Body, okay. Body so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So I mean, yeah, it was your your idea idea again, Derek. Um, and I was like, hey, that sounds really interesting. I'm not gonna ask any questions what body horror would mean. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna save it for you know. Uh, when we actually start recording the podcast, but but yeah, I would love to hear both of y'all's take. We all consider body hoarder. I have a, a a general idea. Well, I was going to ask how, you, what do you think it means? Like, what when you say that, what do you think? Like, 
Okay, so yeah, so I, again, I didn't look it up. I didn't do anything like that. I was going to keep it as you know as controlled as possible. Um, but any any kind of like uh, like body dis you know dysphoria to where it kind of just uh, like something comes out of the body. Uh, you know, maybe something's affected by the body. Uh, it grows a limb, or you know, you have an alien coming you know in, in your stomach and it explodes. Something along the line like uh, what was it thinner. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah like absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you nailed it. See, yeah. you know, right. see, yeah. I, 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 was, know. I, I like, I like to uh, lump my maybe there's other categories. Here. I like to lump my body order into two different buckets. You have like mm -hmm. the bucket of like I'm possessed by something alien, supernatural, like toxic, like changing my body by no like physical means but like i'm just i'm changing and then you have like your to me you know, like surgical body horror where it's like i'm you know like your tusks of the world right where you're i'm being surgically moved and amputated and changed into like x y and z through body modification like um descender strangely is a great example of that like you know that's i mean not true body horror body horror in my opinion but it's body modification as a whole so those are kind of the two buckets i always kind of i kind of look at for body horror and if there's others i, I, I could be missing them it's kind of generalizing them um, as a whole but once yeah i've always i've yeah i've always just defined body horror as anything that any movie that centers around the violation of the human form of the human body um so i will say as we start this that there are a ton of legitimate real what i would consider body horror there's a lot of movies that get lumped into body horror when i look at like lists that aren't um first off right away and i'm sure derek would already has this point himself but if you're talking about body horror the king of body horror is is definitely david cronenberg yeah he's made he's made his career kind of um really kind of exploring those themes now with that being said not every goddamn movie david cronenberg made is a fucking body horror movie I definitely wouldn't consider Scanners a body horror movie no. in the traditional sense, even though you'll always see it on top, like the top body horror movie. It's like, no, it's a psychic phenomenon yeah. film or a movie about, you know, telekinetics or whatever, but it's, it's yeah. um, much more specific genre, but that's um, so weird yeah, that they lumped that in there too, because that's like, I mean, all, all it is is like, yeah, to your point, it's a psychic, but it's no, like what happens in that movie is no different than like if somebody had a weapon and they injured somebody. Yeah, exactly. Um, in that case, exactly. So, it's like yeah. a head explodes in the movie, but so does it's a head explodes in Maniac. Would you consider mm -hmm. Maniac a body horror movie? So, but yeah, so that's always been that. Oh, that's a little thorn in my side. But I mean, there's the thing is, there are so many movies in this genre that, like, at first, you know, when you first think about it. Um, in fact, Derek, I, I kind of wanted to apologize because when, when we first started talking about it, you wanted you were talking about maybe we should do a top five. And I was like, hey, I'm sure the, are the same movies are going to be on each of our lists. But sitting down and thinking about it and researching it, I'm like, oh, shit, there's actually a lot of body horror movies I actually really love that, you know, it's a much bigger genre than, um, you know, I think about because I think of like the kind of and I'm not going to say them, but there's probably like five or six that come to mind right away. Um, but upon, you know, sort of deeper review, I'm like, oh yeah, I would definitely consider that. Or, oh, this movie I love, definitely body horror. That's sort of the, one of the biggest themes in it. So yeah, interesting. It's definitely an interesting genre and a lot of insane over the top films included and a lot of really classic, great movies as well. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really good call out too. Cause like sometimes you can have a scene in a movie that would be like, it's, it's very like horrific, like body wise but the whole movie's not body horror. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like the vein has to be like, 
centered around like the transformation of body and or bodies like and i look at like jason goes to hell as an example of this like there's a great scene in that movie where the the local sheriff like the evil entity that is the jason worm comes out of his mouth and then he just proceeds to melt like into the floor and his like jaw drops off and it's totally disgusting um and that would be considered like body horror but I, but in theory, right? Like to James's point, there's it's not really a body horror movie. It just has an element of it within Correct, there. But yeah. like, if you look like like things like, you know, The Fly or um, Beyond or uh, even Body Melts, like you know, yeah, um, is a great example of that. Those are all movies I would I would classify as as body horror. Um, yeah, and a lot of them are Cronenberg, like um, you know, Video Drone, <laughs> things like that. Um, that you classify as body horror. I always get less creeped out personally by the, like the alien supernatural body horror and like the surgical body horror is always the one that gets like, just kind of, you know, says gives me the willies because like, you know, I don't know how often people are going to get abducted by aliens or possessed, but um, you definitely, people do have to go through surgery. And that always is a thing of like, and, and being somebody that is, has gone into the hospital for one organ removal and, and had an extra one taken out. <laughs> like, um, that's, um, you know, one of those things like, you know, things happen. Um, so, you know, potentially somebody could amputate your leg if they really wanted to. Um, you know, I don't know if they make you a human walrus. That would well, be physically possible, but. One, I think one, I think kind of an extra, I don't know. I'm sure if I really considered each of these movies, I'd, you maybe film one or two, one of the two categories, but um, some of my favorite body horror movies uh, don't even really kind of, it's this weird, almost sort of uh, physical manifestation of whatever this like a little more surreal, a little more artfully done. Videodrome doesn't really have an explanation. Like it's, it's this sort of weird. um, I mean, it's the TV. It's such a weird, I mean, Videodrome is one of my, that movie, I've watched that movie a thousand times. That Criterion release is one of my favorite discs of her own. Um, and I, I hate James Woods, uh, but he's so, but he's also so good. Uh, I don't like James Woods the person, but James Woods the actor is great. And also Debbie really like Harry. And uh, Cat's, Cat's Eye as well. That's, by yeah. the way, the 35 year anniversary this week. That's right. Um, but like Videodrome or the Society where like, it's not like super explained what's going on. It's sort of, it's like, it's a manifestation of the ugliness of what's happening or yeah. the um you know the violation of your your soul and it, it's coming out through the body so i i really enjoyed those movies but i will say probably the i think the greatest example of real body horror which is showing the degradation of the human body and, and changing the human body into something else um and really into a degree that it caught audience is completely off guard and was very upsetting i would say is cronenberg's uh the fly the yeah. 1986 fly um yeah. because the whole movie centers around that idea um it's probably the most pure i mean there's definitely other examples but it's the most pure of like you're literally watching the slow transformation of the human body from one thing to another and it's very upsetting brilliantly so brilliantly so to a degree that um it's you know you, you i can't a- give it enough accolades but it's definitely frontal fly is disgusting like uh but yeah even just the minor like in the beginning the very minor manifestations of like 
this transformation from like the hairs on his back yep. um, to like losing his fingernails. So like, yep. which is just disgusting in itself. You ever lost a nail, yeah. like hitting it too hard, turns black, it falls off. It's gross. Yep. Um, losing his teeth. Like I, I, you know, just remember the scene where he's like trying to type over the keyboard, the pencil, he's just spitting out teeth, like on teeth, the keyboard. Yep. And, uh, and, and he keeps it in the jar, you know, his ear falls and out. I think what, the jar. I think what's also so upsetting about that movie specifically is, and a lot of these body transformation and body horror movies, um, the subject is usually, you know, in a lot of distress and, um, you know, obviously is like, is as freaked out as the audience, but uh, Brun the Fly is like, he's almost at, halfway through the movie, he's become ambivalent to the changes. In fact, he's looking for it. He's fascinated by the changes his own body is going through. And that, that's a mind frame that most of us couldn't, can't comprehend. Like, you know, as if we were transforming into six and a half foot inch flies, we would all be freaking the fuck out. Right. But Brundlefly is trans, he's like transforming both outwardly and inner, his inner self is changing. He's becoming something other than human. So um, that's why I think that, again, it's such a great example of body horror. Um, James, yeah, that, I, I, I had a movie that came up and I wanted to, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. If you would classify this as body horror, because um, the movie bug, like uh, with Ashley Judd. Um, um, it's so ambiguous. I think you would, I mean, I could argue either way, maybe. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't. Like, I, I, off the top of my head, it wouldn't be my first because it is more of an allegory for drug addiction. I mean, maybe, I don't know. It's an interesting question. It, it, was, just, it was weird because it, it wasn't a transformation. So I think that's exactly. part of it. But it is, it is the idea of like digging into one's skin and removing one's teeth to get out yeah. mysterious bugs that exist like i didn't per, i don't personally i know i've never classified it as, as body horror but um and kind of doing some you know some homework on this discussion and looking at things to your point like kind of going down the rabbit hole of like what movies are out there that maybe i, I haven't even seen um it, it felt it came on a few lists and i was really surprised by that that i i would nothing i would really classify i guess like to, in a very very like stretch like body horror adjacent Type, type way you could maybe classify it as that but i just want to get your thoughts on it because it wasn't anything that i ever considered like true body horror um there is a movie that i did watch though this week because i it's just in preparation for this is i did watch american mary i don't know if you've ever seen that movie by the soska sisters oh yeah um, uh, the soska sisters second film yeah, yeah i still think um, it's their best movie hands down yeah but. yeah i was actually really pleasantly surprised well Catherine isabelle anyways is, is always great um Correct, sir. Yes, yes, sir. She is a she is a gem um, in that movie. But it was it was a very weird um, it was a very weird movie, but like very intriguing in regards to like the the various types of surgery that she has to do and kind of that underground world of body modification because it does exist. So that's the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, with implantations and you know. So I mean. You know, people have like phantom limbs and they don't think their arms belong so they get their arm cut off and it's just there's there's a lot of weirdness out there in the world so i was very intrigued, intrigued by it um so i guess there's a there's a big thing we we don't talk about it, but i was reading an article apparently that the socket there's a big campaign for the Sokka sisters because they've been like silenced on twitter or something like that so it's very interesting when i was reading about it uh your friend's atomic cotton site they've uh free the Sokka sisters t-shirt yeah yeah um, she they, they're actually uh uh, shout out to Atomic Cotton. I love those guys. They're great, yes. really good people. But yeah, they, they, <laughs> uh, they're actually friends with the Saska sister. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's an interesting. There's a lot. There's a lot of modern ones. Um, you know me. You know I'm a definitely a '70s, '80s, and '90s kind of guy. But there's yeah. definitely a lot. There's been a lot, especially in the last five years, a lot of pretty solid entries into uh, um, the body horror genre. Um, I remember really like. I mean. Yeah, I would consider it a body horror, but you have movies like Starry Eye. Yeah. Um, which, you know, uh, I think was super solid. Um, you had movies like um, Contracted, which is literally just, it's literally a just to be, movie. what's up? It's a vampire movie, right? Or no? No, Contracted is she's got this uh, flesh-eating disease, um, this like venereal disease. Uh uh, and you're basically your body is basically just deteriorating. Um, in fact, I think there's a sequel, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. I'll have to check it out. Oh, maybe um, I'm thinking of a there's it's a movie called Afflicted, which is uh two guys that go on a they're going on a world tour, and one of them gets like he gets attacked, and he, it's a slow progression into becoming like a a vampire, but it's all like found footage and whatnot. And so that's I mean changed by considering it a vampire movie. So, but this one sounds really interesting. One of the ones, though, I, I definitely because, like I said, we, there's a time I don't, I, I don't want it to be solely focused on you know the older films, but I feel like one of the earliest examples, one of the really earliest true examples, um, with one of the goofiest titles, uh, is uh, 1977's The Incredible Melting Man. Um, Screen Factory put out actually a really great uh, uh, transfer of it a few years ago, um, but literally, it's the story of a guy whose body is literally just melting off his bones and, and he's uh it's um especially for 1977 the effects are so fucking crazy um it's super gross but like really well done especially for 1977 um you know and it's 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 basically just um i think it's like this astronaut comes back from space he gets this he contracts this thing in space and um uh um, he just basically starts turning into like his like literally his skin is falling off. He's turning into like Jello and stuff. And um, it's a really interesting movie. And it's again very much like this guy is you know he does it's 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 kind of like the '70s version of a um, like a Universal monster. Like um, he's a monster, but he's got the soul of a man. And you know, um, but it's a great movie. It's a really underrated movie. It's a, I I um, saw it for the first time when I actually bought it on um, the Scream Factory release. Um, at that point, hmm. I was literally buying everything that they were putting out. Because um, at that point, I'm like, if I trust this, if I like everything they've done, you know, I might as well trust their taste. And, and again, I really liked it. Um, I w- it wasn't a movie I had seen as a kid. Well, like I said, it was never a really well-known movie. The, I think the only thing it's really well-known for is um, the, ma- the, the practical effects, the makeup effects. Um, but it's actually a pretty solid film. And I feel it's, it's 1977. So it's definitely one of the earlier, um, Cronenberg's earlier movies, like are in the early 70s. But I really don't consider Rabid and, um, uh, um, you know, his, um, you know, there's, uh, um, I'm blanking on the title. Um, uh, Shivers. Um, Shivers is a great movie. Very interesting movie. Um, and it, it does, it's like a, I guess it's body horror. Actually, I guess it is body horror because it's a, a, like a physical, well, I don't know. It's more like a sexually transmitted zombie movie, but 
it's okay. it's in that people consider it in the same vein. But definitely, yeah. like I said, seventy seven, definitely an early example. Wrap it up. Don't get no shivers. That's you right. Know? <laughs> exactly. No, don't get. Also, don't get the willies. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of really great movies that are out there. I've I've never seen the Incredible Melting Man, so I but I was looking at pictures, so I'm super intrigued uh, to to watch it. So I'm gonna see if I can uh, track it down because um, that looks pretty cool. Um, great effects, and it's really creepy and kind of gross. But like the whole time you're marveling, like damn, this is really well done for and really upsetting for the the mid or the mid to late seventies. So. Yeah, I think you're right though. I think there are really a lot of really good like modern ones as well. Like we were just thinking, looking at those pictures, like they have movies like Cabin Fever, right? Like yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great example of um, you know like drastic body changes. I, I absolutely think not not the remake, but the um, the original the, the original one uh, uh slither which is great that's a great like kind of like very much in the vein of the, the beyond like uh alien uh transformation movie that has some really great uh practical effects in there as well with um michael roker so i think i think there are some really um really great movies that are out there that past and present uh, i think that are fall in that category yeah absolutely i think i think the one that's the most well-known and most notorious especially of the modern uh and i don't want to spend too much time talking about it but um if you're talking modern body horror you have to talk about human centipede uh it's definitely the most uh like i said definitely the most notorious for modern audiences and i mean it's become shorthand like you know if you if you were a human centipede would you want to be the back end or the front end like it's it's you know it's become its own like uh noun um but uh, not a great movie. And the second one is truly upsetting. Oh, but my God. In, yeah, like... Um, Terrible. But, and the yeah. third one was just fucking off the rails. Which I, I, I will probably never see. I know you explained it. I, I, I have no... Maybe one day when I'm really in, in a specific yeah. mood, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think you have, to, you have to be in a specific state of mind to watch uh, part three. I will not explain what that state of mind is, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what I will say one of uh, the ones that I think I earliest examples of um, uh, body horror to me, and it was really upsetting, but it's completely its own thing is Tetsuo the Iron Man. Um, oh, yeah, great. That's a movie perfect is, example. Movie's very bizarre. Um, it's like, a, it's almost like Japanese David Lynch uh, with a crazy industrial soundtrack and. Um, but it fucked me up. It's one of those rare movies that literally fucked me up and, and make, made me uneasy. But it's a great movie. Um, has become sort of a... Uh, uh, it's kind of not as... At one point, it was a very highly regarded film. And in, in, in this day and age, it's kind of like lost a little bit of its, rever, its rever, reverence um, that people have for it. Um, but it's definitely one of the first ones. I've never seen The Bullet Man, this, the one that came out just a few years ago um, by the same director. It's a straight-up sequel or a continuation of some hmm. kind. Um, I haven't seen it, but um, there was the one that came out... Um, oh, there was another There was another one by the same director that I thought wasn't nearly as good. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, there's definitely a lot of... Um, you know, there's like different takes on it because you have things like Tokyo Gore Police, which are just weird and fun and goofy yeah. and and just like we've talked about in this podcast or in this uh yeah this podcast. I almost I was like, what is this? Is this a podcast? But um, 
but you know there's movies like that which are like fun and stuff and then you have like more artistically done ones like tetsuo or like i would even consider like um uh videodrome in that same realm um but one of my favorites and i'm sorry if i keep uh uh, uh no man just rattling off movies here but um is street trash and it's street trash is a body horror because so good the i mean literally uh uh it's it's cheap ass like like cult 45 style uh poisoned alcohol uh cheap ass like uh uh you know um viper uh that basically causes the body to turn into just like slop it just it's completely and one of the craziest movies ever um it's 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 weird and and funny and gross and constantly like what the who made this fucking what kind of maniac made this movie well that maniac's name is james m moreau uh and i have a friend with almost that exact same name but it's not the same guy um but what a fucking great movie uh definitely a product of straight to video it was released by vestron and it's a movie that straight to video company out there exactly and definitely could have only come out in the uh, mid mid 80s Um, but it's a great movie and you know it's 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 a body horror in the sense that like that is literally the conceit is that all these like homeless people uh while not being brutalized by like the sort of shogun of the homeless this like brutal like uh anyway it's a it's a crazy movie i'm I'm, you know derek i'm glad you're a fan of it as well yeah no i i you know i only watched it maybe for the first time like five years ago and i all i can think of is like where the fuck has this been (laughs) my my whole life because i would have loved to watch it on vhs like growing up um but well, here's a thought for you. What, what are your takes on, uh, would you consider Toxic Avenger a, uh, a body horror? Um, yeah, I thought, it's funny, I thought about Toxic Avenger as I'm literally staring at, at, at Toxic Avenger. <laughs> my, my straight ahead vision is nothing but Toxic Avenger and Toxic Crusader. Um, I consider Toxic uh, Avenger and Swamp Thing, I considered them, but I don't consider them straight enough horror to be body horror but there's definitely element i mean toxic avengers whole thing is that he's mutated by by toxic waste into a mutant superhero so and there's all sorts of in that whole line of movies there's people getting dumped into fucking toxic waste their bodies changing i mean there's definitely elements of that throughout the whole franchise so sure i mean it's definitely in that conversation i just don't know if they're serious yeah i mean to me it's it's kind of like one of those movies where it's like it has elements of body horror, but that's not like, I mean, and yes, it's like maybe more of the basis, but it's not like as much of a transformation for him because he gets dumped and then he transforms and then he's done, right? And then yeah. he comes Toxic Adventure. Like it's not that progression that you would see in, in a body horror type movie. Um, so, but it, oh, it came to mind in Swamp Thing as well, like, um, and like Dark Man and, and those things like, kind of came to mind because it's, it's these horrific things that happen but it's kind of like a one-shot deal and then they change and then it's like that is a catalyst for the rest of the movie so i'm like well is it really is a really body horror uh to a true degree but uh yeah i agree with you um i first off the the other sequel uh was tetsuo 2 body hammer that was the 90s uh 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 sequel that i wasn't as big of a fan of um but um derek i was gonna ask you um you know you talked about from beyond before and that and again definitely um 
you know, Reanimator has has aspects of it from beyond his aspects. Uh, but obviously, society is probably the most obvious example of of uh, that 100%. creative team's um, uh, au revoir, au vie, whatever you say that uh, their output, <laughs> their filmography. Um, uh, would you consider society one of the most? Uh, uh, I don't want to say best because that's subjective anyways, but um, uh, I definitely feel like it's one of the most underappreciated. Although again, weirdly in the last few years, it has become a little bit more well-known. I think as yeah. our fandom is sort of catching up um, on a lot of the, those sort of lost classics, but um, where would you put that in your personal favorites? Would you put society in your, in, in the list of your favorites? Yeah, it would, it would definitely be in my top five. Like I, it's, it's hard because like, I, I look at movies, uh, like we talked about like movies, like the fly, I mean, movies like the thing, um, you know, those tend to kind of rise to the top, but society is, is just like, it's just so weird. It, it so always, weird. It, you know, like, especially in relation to body horror, it's so centered around the, the body it's hard not to like to, to lump it into that category. Um, and especially the ending, like the last like 30 yes. minutes of that movie. So like, yes, there are weird elements throughout it that like are just a hint enough that like it's, it's odd and you know that it's like, you know that it's odd, you know there's something going on. Um, like when it's, you know, wiping the sweat off the sister's back and it's like like pulsating and it's like yeah. gooey and, um, you know, or, or when he goes to bed with the girl and he looks over and she's like half turned around <laughs> You know, yeah. um, there's those weird elements like, is his mind playing tricks on him? And then, but then when you get to the end, it's just fucking bananas. Um, and just the the idea of like people melding together. Um, and I think to your point too, like, it's a really great metaphor for society and like class, um, yeah. which we've talked about before. And, and yeah, I love a, movies that kind of tell that balance of like, it's it's gross and it's a body horror, but it's like with a meaning behind it. So. And that's the thing is, I think that's why it's always been so surprising is because first off, it's a very low budget movie made by, you know, uh, you know, not normally art house directors. Um, but um, it's actually, like I said, it, it's trying to do something and it is making a, a societal point. It is sort of satirical and it has that weird sense of very dark satirical sense of humor, which is kind of unexpected. Um, and then it's just, you sort of, it ends in this insane firework display finale of pure uncomfortable grossness as far as like uh, uh, melting just, the human body and there are just pain. so many hands uh, up the ass like yeah. uh, to, like more than you would see in a normal movie in the last 30 <laughs> minutes like yes. um, and just what is done with that is just terrible but it's actually one movie that I've always wondered why they why they never did a, a sequel to like why nobody's ever attempted to like continue it because at the very end everybody gets away for the most part yeah. like that society still continues to grow um it was just very interesting to me like well, where well i i can tell you right now i mean that movie was not successful um it didn't do well i think it actually offended a lot of people and it, you know uh, um i think people didn't get it and i think um it wasn't a movie that uh was probably especially with the amount of special effects how special effect heavy those last 30 minutes are is i don't think it was a movie that was probably oh my god I, I, have you ever seen behind behind the scenes of that movie it's it's yes. insane um just uh just Can you imagine being out. on set on there and being one of those puppets yeah. <laughs> fucking crazy <laughs> like the butt puppet <laughs> exactly like, yeah um 
yeah, it's it's an insane movie. I, I to me personally, like I when I think of that movie, I'm like, I would love to see what like a uh, James Gunn could do, like with. Well, that's what I say. Know. I would, I would love to. I would. I, I think it's such a strong concept. Um, it's one of those movies that's a perfect example. A perfect. Like that, I could see actually getting a remake, doing the same thing and really modernizing it, um, keeping practical, of course, and only augmenting with CGI when necessary. But um, I think it's a movie that you could sort of remake. It doesn't have that same. It's not like necessarily like remaking Friday the Thirteenth or something that is so, yeah. you know, has such a wide appeal and such a dedicated fan base. Um, and again, it's because you're taking an interesting concept and sort of either telling something very modern with it and stuff. But it, I love it, and I, I mean. If they did a sequel, I would be happy happily see a sequel any day. Yeah, or yeah, sequel slash remake or yeah. you know something because like it's yeah, it's it's very it's a very interesting concept, still very very relevant. Like I feel like it, somebody could probably do something really great with it if it's done the right way. And to your point, yeah, absolutely practical. Like don't do CGI, um, get people in suits and and do it that way. Um, but that's yeah, it ranks right up there for me as as one of my top um, ones. It's one of the first things that came to mind thinking of body horror because just that end scenes are so iconic um with everybody kind of melting together into human mush um you did mention body uh melt which i've talked about i brought that up on this podcast already but uh 90s australian weird as fuck (laughs) uh movie uh but literally is about uh uh this like um medical movement uh in this like weirdly idyllic kind of um uh australian suburb but basically like these people's bodies basically starts uh they start melting kind of um you know and it's a weird psychedelic movie very interesting um you know it's uh again yeah it's very australia and new zealand they always end up putting out really interesting unique uh their own versions of these of horror and stuff is always really interesting to me but um it's definitely a movie i think not a lot of people have seen and i think you know every time we bring it up on this podcast i i feel like the movie gets a little extra shine to it which is good i, I hope people yeah. actually go out and see it yeah it's just so watch it. yeah it, it's really good it's um definitely to be a classic like uh, it doesn't get nearly enough credit um as it should like as as a uh, very interesting movie um Derek, I was wondering, so when, when you say body horror, you know, obviously there's like the body transforming into things and, and that can incorporate all kinds of things if you get why with it. You werewolves, any sort of like, you know, man turning into, you know, another thing, into a beast. But um, one of the more interesting versions of that kind of subgenre uh, is the 80s movie The Beast Within, which I think a lot of people still sort of remember as being a werewolf movie but in fact the guy in it is transforming into basically like a giant cicada like a man cicada it's one of the weird also scream factory shout out to scream factory they put out a uh, a, a blu-ray transfer of it uh probably about i don't know maybe 10 years ago um interesting movie i again it wasn't a movie i grew up with um but you know he you think like you know from all the advertisements called the beast within all the posts are like i said a lot of people just assume he's like transforming into a werewolf or something and no it's oh, he's transforming it's a into, a cica- into a cicada man and it's a really yeah. weird movie what else uh, like uh like like movies like altered state or um yeah. 
or even like uh there was a movie called like uh cursed where the guy's like turning into a snake like creature um from the from the early i want to say like late 80s like early like early 90s the guy gets bitten and starts transforming into like a snake snake type creature um I like yeah that. i i mean i mean very cool movie um i guess you could consider those like consider those body horror it's hard i think it's kind of one of those mat to your point it's like a mashup of like monster type like monster body horror like i guess like it is a transformation i guess it's hard because i wouldn't call werewolf movie like uh body transformation but then if you look at a movie like ginger snaps where that transformation exactly. is like very progressive and not all at one time and it's a, like a finalized state then at that point like that's that's where you can like i would call that like body horror so um it's definitely a very unique it would be a very unique subgenre but yeah i, I totally agree you can probably classify that as like because if you if you don't classify those movies as body horror then you can't classify the fly well that's horror. exactly why yeah. i i considered it is it's not it's a lot of times it's not even like the theme it's how you what you do with the theme and really how you explore that um because again you know the original fly uh movie the vincent price version of the fly uh doesn't have the same impact doesn't have the same sort of uh uh you know sense of unease and like it's more of like i mean in modern audience at the time i'm sure it was it was upsetting and terrifying but to a modern audience it's it's silly and kind of uh, goofy but um where where the fly is truly, truly upsetting and very like disgusting. And so a lot of times, again, it's what you do with the theme. Um, I do think like it's a genre that is really open-ended. I think at you, there's so many different things that you can still probably do with the genre and really, yeah. you know, it's up to the, um, the audience. I mean, yeah. I mean, in some degree, right. You could classify some zombie movies as, body horror right because there's a transformation like i take a like return living dead for example like the uh you know uh the two guys that can you know handle the gas you know um are transforming i mean they they're dying but they're transforming into this zombie but that's not, i mean yeah i wouldn't consider it body horror but it's got those elements into it there that kind of could fall into that category well, as well yeah and i think that's the thing is that's why it's so body horror is such a prevalent concept within horror because ultimately that's what we're most the we we have a sense of our identity is in our physical form that's why people um who have uh um who have deformities who you know who even people with missing teeth our mind is so repulsed by anything that deviates from the normal of what we consider a normal healthy human body that that's why society shun, has always shunned whether you know it, i mean the hunchback of Notre Dame. i mean the history has shown us that anybody anything that any examples that deviate from the normal of what again we consider a, a healthy normal attractive human body upsets us so anytime the body is violent and again we live inside of our bodies again people get you know uh, illness freaks people out uh, you know we it's innate in us we 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 hold the human body sacred because it's what we it's it's the vessels we contain ourselves in so anytime that you start to fuck with that it really upsets people so that's why it's such a prevalent uh element in, in horror in general but when you really get movies that really fucking um go for the throat with that idea movies that really do like in uh deep dive into you know what if we do this to the human body i think that's why it's such a prevalent uh 
and such an everlasting concept. Yeah. And it's why, because it's what it's a genre I'm I'm always fascinated with because it is it is upsetting and it is gross and and I and I enjoy that. If that's yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. I, I think we're very protective of our bodies, and I think we also are very conscious of the fact that our bodies can very quickly turn on us. Um, you know, uh, probably quicker than we think. Um, and, and like even like age, right? Like even as as you, you grow older, right? Um, and you know, your body's constantly changing, and you know you're, you're looked at differently. And um, so I think we're always relevant, or like conscious of that. And then we watch a movie where things are rapidly changing and getting like shit's hitting the fan. And then it, it reminds us of like, yeah, well, that's not going to happen to me, but something could happen to me that would change the way that I look and, or the way that I feel or my body as a whole. And that's, yep. that is a, a scary thought for a lot of people, uh, especially in age. So um, yeah, to- totally agree. Right on point. So good, good way to close it out. Yeah, and this is a fun. I, Derek, this is a great. Uh, I'm glad you recommended this. Is a good topic. I uh, very much I, so. I loved it. We try to spice it up here. We try to spice it up on this podcast. And, uh, you keep it fresh. And, you gotta uh, add the pepper on it, you know. Like, yeah, add the pepper. Well, I mean, I think it was just a topic to your point, James. Like, what I was thinking about too, and you originally said like we'll probably have a similar list. Like, I was thinking the same thing. So um, I think it's it's kind of cool to dive into these things to you realize how many exist out there. Um, which is very cool. So it opens our eyes too, which is always good. And sure does. And I do always want to thank you for lending your expertise to these uh, particular subjects that we do talk about on a weekly basis or se- you know, semi-weekly basis. Um, but <laughs> uh, on that note, if you did enjoy that conversation, don't forget to follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and you know, spread the word for us about it uh, if you enjoyed this show. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media at TankRodPod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can use the hashtag TPMassacre uh, to uh, let us know what you thought about this conversation. On that note, uh, any last sentiments before we go, guys? No, Check your body. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you your body. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? Really quick, before we go, just a little PSA. Uh, wash your fucking hands. Wear your goddamn yeah. mask. God damn it, man. Like, I, I want to go to places, so sh- chill out already. <laughs> yeah, man. And look, the longer you postpone this shit, the longer it's going to be you're hearing about it. So just buck up. Just do it. Man yeah, the fuck up. Wear the shit for six just more months, and then we want to deal with it. That's just true. I do it. Do not want to be breaking in uh, 2021 with a face mask on if I can help it. So, yeah. Like, please, for love of God, yeah. let, me, let me out of my house. Just, just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just do it. It, it, it's a saying that we have on uh, 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 on Going Commando, uh, but I'm going to say it for Texas Podcast Massacre. Uh, this one's for you, assholes. Wear your fucking mask. Talk to you <laughs> next week. Bye. Peace. <laughs>